This week, we have an update on Starlink, a piece of gear that we are absolutely enjoying. Plus, Jason shares the travel trends of 2022 and what we can expect in the coming year. This is RV Miles. RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean, dedicated to helping you experience all the benefits of time outside and stay more comfortable while you're out there. From soft and breathable activewear designed to do it all, to just right layers perfect for changing weather, to sun smart clothing that blocks the sun's harmful rays, every LL Bean product is made with comfortable time outside in mind. Visit LLBean.com to shop now. LL Bean, be an outsider. Welcome to episode 220 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and so much more. We hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We did, for sure. And we're looking forward to... uh, heading out of this area to Kansas City for the Christmas holiday and uh, and then back here for the new year before we hit the road, um, getting things like doctor's appointments and all that yeah. sort of stuff done before we, before we head out again. I know. We took three days. Did we take three whole days off? Two days? Yeah. Something, Something like, like that. that. It just felt <laughs> magical. There was so much to be thankful for. But we are thrilled to be back here, thrilled to be back with you all again. And we have a lot to cover today. Yeah. As you mentioned, we're going to talk about travel trends for 2022. Uh, I've got a separate video that I'm putting out. I don't know if it'll be out before or after this podcast, but on uh on how busy of a travel year it might be next year. A lot of surveys uh, pointing towards that, it being a very busy year next year. But that's not what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about what people are doing and how they're traveling. And this all comes from a couple uh, industry update Zoom type things (laughs) I was a a part of this week. Uh, But before we get into that, uh, I wanna talk a little bit about Starlink and where Starlink is. if you're not familiar, Starlink is the internet solution that Elon Musk has been uh, pioneering of low Earth orbit satellites. Lots and lots, like going to be like 60,000 of these satellites that are much, much lower than the ones that are way out there that we all, you know, are familiar with when we think of satellites. These are going to provide and already are providing very high speed internet to people who don't have access to it otherwise. And uh, we've talked to several RVers who are already using it um, face-to-face, and they're really happy with how it's working in general, but there are some major drawbacks. Um, And uh, Starlink came out of their beta version quietly in November uh, without really making any changes. I think a lot of people expected, oh, they're going to release a new mobile antenna and uh, because there was you know, Elon Musk put, puts all his information out in tweets. That's how that's how Tesla and Starlink put their information out in his tweets. Um, Elon Musk had mentioned a mobile version uh, to come later this year, which hasn't happened yet. They did announce a new antenna, 
um, it's now rectangular instead of the circular one. It's going to be a little bit lighter and stuff. Hopefully it draws a little bit less power because one of the biggest problems with Starlink right now is it draws a heck of a lot of power for those wanting to be off grid. But if you are looking to get Starlink right now, it's going to be a problem. You're not going to get it until at least mid 2022. I actually just signed up for the beta version and we're going to wait till at least mid 2022. And that's all they, all Which... they tell you. Isn't that very long, actually? I mean, can, let's yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it. I mean, no, that's like that six long. months. I mean, here we're at the end of 2021, yeah. believe it or not. So, you know, even if this is something you're thinking about, or it, it was we roll into what's going to be the height of the camping season, this could actually be a reality around that time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to but think about. The problem is, is a, a there's still that that problem with the power draw, yeah. and B it is highly highly susceptible to obstructions highly susceptible to obstructions and it's susceptible to a lot of the same problems that cellular internet deals with in terms of there being enough room on that satellite that you're attached to for everyone on it so if you are for instance boondocking in quartzite arizona this winter with thousands of other of your rv or friends RVers that do that often know that their Verizon might be fantastic in quartzite when all the RVers aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. But when they all arrive, it becomes terrible. Starlink is going to be susceptible to those same sorts of things, especially until they get a lot more satellites up. But there's a big problem brewing with that. This comes from the Mobile Internet Resource Center. Our friends Chris and Cherie over there do a fantastic job covering internet for people who are mobile. I feel like this is drama. Like (laughs) you're about to just like just like I need to pop some popcorn or something. You're gonna spill some tea. There was a a leaked email that Elon Musk sent to all of the SpaceX employees. SpaceX is what runs Starlink. Um, So you're saying he does things beyond just tweeting. Right. Because I kind of figured at this point (laughs) that everyone at Starlink or Tesla didn't know what they were doing until Musk tweeted about it. And then they're like, oh, that's what we're doing here at work? Okay, great. So this email that was leaked, though, was basically like, uh, we're at a genuine risk of bankruptcy. Uh, (laughs) Because the new version of satellites cannot go up on oh. the current rockets. They're in the middle of building the the new uh, Starship rocket, which is bigger <laughs> than the Saturn V that sent the Apollo to the moon. It's huge, but their new satellites that need to go up have to go on this rocket. It's 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 had I think one successful uh mm-hmm. test launch. Uh but he called everybody in over Thanksgiving weekend yikes to work. Uh, and, and it was it was basically unless this is the, here's the quote, unless you have critical family members or cannot physically return to Hawthorne, we will need all hands on deck to recover from what is quite frankly a disaster. The consequences for SpaceX, if we cannot get enough reliable Raptors made, is that we can't fly Starship, which means then we can't fly sat- Starlink satellite V2 um, and sa- satellite V1 by itself is financially weak while V2 is strong. And basically, the deal is they got to get these up there. And if they don't get them up there rapidly and very quickly, they're going to have major problems because they got millions of orders of people that want these things. Uh, and they need to provide this service. So long story short, Starlink is something to get if you need heavy internet it's not something to rely on it's something that's going to be awesome when it works and when you have the power to use it uh 
and if it becomes available to you and they send it to you, you do have to change. At this point, you do still have to change your address every time you move somewhere. You have to go online and change your address. Uh, and they might not let you into that new address, by the way, because uh, different areas have limited availability. So basically, it's not really ready for public consumption other than sort of power users who are willing to play around with it and figure it out and all that sort of stuff. And people that have really no other option. You're out in the middle of nowhere in a, in a home somewhere, stationary, that sort of deal. So because I'm learning so many things yeah. in, in this segment right now, <laughs> um, do I recall you saying you put a deposit down? I did. On? I put I put a hundred dollar deposit. Uh, refundable deposit down oh, on Starlink. Oh, okay. good. Glad to hear it's, it's just refundable. Like, it's okay. just like like the. Uh, but, uh, it, it's just like the Tesla Cybertruck, you know. Which uh, we did not put. A, <laughs> have we put a deposit down on one of those, no, Jason? But, Does no. That... <laughs> but look, when they, there are so many of the. This is the thing now. We we, the, they announce stuff like this, and it's not mm -hmm. just Tesla. But I I feel like Elon Musk sort of pioneered this. It's like we announce something, we take pre orders for a truck that is going to cost, you know, $80,000, uh, $100 pre-order, it's refundable. And then they get like, you know, a million and a half pre-orders and they're like, look, we've pre-sold a million and a half of these. No, you have not. No, <laughs> Isn't this, I mean, this is essentially a variation of GoFundMe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's ex all this is, <laughs> yeah, is yeah. this is GoFundMe without, you well, know, GoFundMe taking and, some and of the cut. It's less about that $100 deposit money, them needing that money. It's more about them being able to show investors, yes. look yes. how many people want us. So uh, that we can call everybody yeah, back yeah. in over Thanksgiving weekend and say, by the way, we're going to be bankrupt. Meanwhile, we... Tesla has not built a cyber truck. No. While Rivian has put out a truck, Ford has put out a truck. Uh, that is electrically powered. and No, and we have a family member who is still waiting <laughs> yeah. for his Tesla truck. And, and look, I, I actually love Tesla. I, I love uh, the innovation that happens uh, among Elon Musk's companies, but it's hard to rely on anything that they say is going to happen. Unless um, he tweets about it. <laughs> so, uh, so again, it, it's not the best option, but it's something that if you're willing to play around with, you might want to sign up for at least to get on the waiting list. Well, and it sounds like we're willing to play around with it because <laughs> we're now well, waiting we for like, a while. You know, once we get one, we like Can, to share with people the important information about how it works. Look, I like how you use the we yeah, in that sentence. Because you have this, you like to do this thing to me on the podcast I've noticed over the last year where you drop a, hey, we bought this, or hey, we're doing this, or hey, just so you know, <laughs> I've, I've committed us to this, and you do it to me on the podcast. Yeah, because... you can't tell me. I, like that camera I bought last night, you can't. I, what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, oh we, we, get, we do get lots of questions throughout from folks uh, about what we do use for internet. And we yes. did a video recently on what we, uh, what we use for internet plans uh, out there. You can find that on YouTube. We have Or we'll link to it in the show notots, make it yeah. a little bit easier, rvmiles.com/220. We uh, we use three different cellular carriers that mm -hmm. we carry with us all the time. We have we have two hotspots and we have uh, two Verizon phones. Mm -hmm. So and we're using all three carriers, yeah. so we have T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon. But a new device that we have that we uh, didn't talk about in that video because we didn't have it yet. Uh, is we finally have a cell booster mm -hmm. and we kind of um, we kind of got like the biggest 
baddest one out Again, with the we. So the we. we. Uh, so I did want to tell you guys a little bit about uh, the WeBoost Destination RV, which is our our cellular booster. Mm-hmm. And um, cellular boosters, basically what they do is increase the signal between you and a cell tower out there. If that tower is already congested, it's not going to make it a whole lot better like the issue in, in Quartzsite. But if you are far away from a tower, it can boost your signal between those, those two locations. And over the past few months, we've had so many chances to have to use the, mm-hmm. the WeBoost Destination RV to really get a signal from far away, especially like in Utah when we were uh, basically camping within our river valley in between. Big Rock Candy Mountain. That's Big Rock Candy Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, that be- was a lifesaver. Like curves between mountains where the towers are like around the bend mm-hmm. a few miles away and have, like bouncing the signal off mountains. Yeah. Um, this is, this is, again, this is a power user thing. <laughs> this is a directional antenna. So that means you can point it towards the, um, points it towards the tower so you can actually pull up an app and find out where the towers are near you and i suggest you do that before you get to the area because the cell service might be bad in that area yeah you could, yeah but mm-hmm. you can point to where the towers might be in your area you could do a little trial and error too and then it will boost that signal into your rv now we boost has other options as well they have more omnidirectional antennas where you don't have to aim them uh, but they don't have quite the reach. So the destination RV is is a kit that comes with a uh, basically it's a retractable flagpole. The thing's thirty feet tall. It's insane. It's, so it is. this isn't something that you use while you're driving down the road. No, 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 right? no, no. They have no. other options for that if that's what you want. If you want to have cell boosting in your motorhome while you're driving down the road, or you want it to pop on uh, anytime you're somewhere. But we set it up when we need it. When the internet is bad, we say, okay, we're going to try the WeBoost. And uh, I put the flagpole up, and it attaches to the RV. It comes with these two um, two hanger things that you stick on. They've, they've got sticky backs. And I've been really impressed with how strong they were. We were mm-hmm. in some severe winds when we were up on the motorhome hill at NASCAR. I was just about to bring that up because... <laughs> Believe it or not, we needed that. Yeah. And we're so glad to have it when we were at NASCAR in Las Vegas. And I put and NASCAR gave us a flag and I put a flag on it and used it as a flagpole Look at as well. That. Look uh, at that. You know, like you do at NASCAR. Yeah, of course. Uh, but it, uh, it it so it is a it's a big thing that it takes up a decent amount of space, but when you are down in a valley somewhere, mm-hmm. you're around the bend somewhere where there are physical obstructions like mountains or hills or or what have you between you and where the towers might be, mm-hmm. boy, it makes an awesome difference. So yeah. the, the the pole has the antenna at the top of it, and then there's a, a coax cable that runs down it that then you have to get inside somewhere um, to to a an antenna that goes inside your RV and then broadcast the signal with inside your RV and it works with any of the carriers. You don't actually have to plug your your route your routers or anything into it. And you can get other options for plugging in like a router, but because we have these different options like cell phones and these two different hotspots that can't have the sims removed from them, it it's it's very useful for us to have one device that just sort of automatically boosts things without us having to monkey around with it. 
too much. Yeah. So we've had this now for about three months. I think it's really important for us to be transparent and let everyone know that WeBoost did reach out to us and ask us if we would test this out for them. And so we agreed to do that. And the caveat to all of that was that we were allowed to have a free opinion we're not here to push this for WeBoost. They sent it to us knowing that we were going to test it for several months, and then we were going to share our honest opinion about it. So like I said, we've been using this now for three months, which means we felt like we were at the point now where we had put it through its paces here in the Southwest, in the Midwest, in going through, you know, coming back. We've had it kind of in several different locations now. We felt like we could talk about it, that we could talk about it honestly. And so, of course, part of that honesty is also being transparent about how this came to us. Yep. So, yeah. you know, and we want to say, you know, thank you to WeBoost for reaching out to us, but then also thank you to them for it, that just wanting a genuine and real review and not something that, you know, felt bought. Yeah. And um, um, it, it comes really nicely packaged and really yeah. easy to set up. And it comes with virtually everything you need they give you a little flat cable in case you want to run the cord that goes inside like through your slide seal or something like that um we actually ran ours through through a hole in our uh pass through and it's and the antennas hanging behind our sofa in our living room uh but it's it's just a it's a great little device and and we're real happy with it 650 dollars was a little on the pricey side mm -hmm. cell boosters generally are um, and it, it is something again, that you're going to want to use stationary. It will only work stationary, but you wouldn't have a 30 foot flagpole so, somewhere you else. You should not. No, you don't have to put it up to 30 feet though, no. if you don't want to, if it, if it works at like just above the height of your RV, you can do that as well. But, um, I, I'm, I'm very happy with it. So yeah, great job, boost. Yes. Good job. We boost. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off, but once we get back out on the road and we're through the holidays, I am also going to do something visually with this so you can see how we use it. So, you know, head over to RV Miles Instagram, follow us over there. And eventually, um, as the new year rolls around, we'll put some kind of reel or something together so you can get like a visual idea of what it's like yeah. to use this 30 foot flagpole. So the WeBoost Destination RV is made by Wilson Amplifiers and we'll put a link to wilsonamplifiers.com in the show notes. RVMiles.com slash 220. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about travel trends for next year. We'll be right back. Find your next camping adventure with the Spot Tonight app. Spot Tonight offers real-time visibility across numerous campgrounds available for immediate booking. Easy to use and free to download. With Spot Tonight, you can build a traveling profile, share parks with friends via messaging, and mark your favorite campgrounds. Travelers can search for specific parks that meet their exact need for tonight and beyond. No more blind searches in hopes of finding an available spot. Simply look, book, and go. Campground owners download the Spot Tonight app and see how your park can join a vastly expanding network. For more information, visit spottonight.com or simply download the app in the Apple or Google Play stores. Look, book, and go with Spot Tonight. The holiday season is here and Solo Stove is currently having its biggest sale of the year. Now through December 5th, you can buy one, get one on camp stoves, 35% off fire pits, 40% off fire pit bundles, and so much more. Plus, RV Miles listeners can save an extra $10 on their solo stove purchase of $100 or more. Head to rvmiles.com slash solo stove for all the details and enjoy this extended Cyber Week deal through December 5th. 
All right, travel for 2022. Okay, but before we dive into this, can we acknowledge at least, you know, we can do a note for the audio. We can also acknowledge it visually We that we're wearing RV Miles stuff now for yeah. the first time yeah. ever. 220 episodes it took for us to finally accept that we can make things and then wear them. Abby has on a nice robin's egg blue, keep logging they, those RV Miles hoodie. They call it a, a Carolina blue. Carolina, Carolina. blue. Oh, so like, if you, so if you're, you're from Tar Heels fan. Yes, exactly. Which is, you know, where Jack wants to go to school. So I, you know, start saving now. <laughs> and uh, yes, and it just says keep logging those RV Miles on it. But you have one that's been really, really, really popular. And that is just, all it says is camp. Just says camp. And then underneath, RV Miles established 2016. I just, I felt like also we're both wearing hoodies. We very rarely uh, try to match up like in such a way, but we are today. But it's just kind of exciting. So even if you are not watching this, but you want to see what we're talking about, especially if you're a Tar Heels fan, then you can go to merch.rvmiles.com and you can see everything that we have put out that's all new and you can save 10% 10% with the code SAVE10. Cool. There you go. All right. Now. Now can we talk? N- yes. Now we can talk okay, about so travel there, trends. There are two events that happened this week um, that I participated in. One was the um, RV industry power breakfast that they haven't <laughs> been able to do for a year and a half. I wish they'd um, find a different name for that. Thousand people there. Thousand people Hi. in person. Lots of speakers, including like a, a big name economist, um, <laughs> a, uh, a, a representative from KOA, mm-hmm. uh, and then the leaders of Forest River, Winnebago, and Thor Industries all talking about the current state of the industry, what's happening this year, what's happening next year, that sort of stuff. So RV industry is is one thing. And then I participated in a a sort of a conference call for media about non-airline travel, basically. I did the same thing last year, if you remember this. We had the same episode, basically, last Mm -hmm. year and and talked about this. Um, It was put together by the folks over over at RV Share, including John Gray, their CEO, RV Share, being uh, one of the biggest peer-to-peer rental RV platforms, which have had such a huge explosion uh, right now. Um, But also there was Toby O'Rourke, the CEO of KOA. Um, Alyssa uh, Rivazio from Hip Camp and uh, uh, Laura Mata from Lonely Planet and Jeff Hurst from Expedia Brands. Uh, and, uh, and then it was all put together and hosted by Nick Ewan, who is from the website The Points Guy. You know, that, mm, that was mm-hmm. little, like one of the most popular blogs on earth about like air, using airline points and stuff. It's and amazing. His, it's amazing. <laughs> so there were a lot of little nuggets uh, uh, out of this. Out of both of these. About both of these. Yeah. About where travel is right now and what next year is going to be like. And like I said earlier, I did a separate video on how travel might be kind of exploding even more next year, uh, especially road trip travel because people are still uh you know a lot of people booked trips right Mm -hmm. over the course of 2020 2021 and canceled them and moved them we we did it with disney world we canceled our disney world trip three times yeah and boy fingers crossed we're not doing that again (laughs) and even though that even though we're heavy travelers and we're still going places Mm -hmm. we didn't want to go to disney world 
when there were a lot of restrictions there. Yes, this is why I would not... Listen, I know you're watching Disney, so you know. let me go ahead and just tell you why we moved this trip. Because you didn't adjust your prices, but you took like 50% of everything away. And I understand why you needed to have those restrictions. I get that. But when you're still asking me to pay full price for what is 50% of a park... I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm out. Like, I can't, I can't justify the cost. I mean, it's hard enough to justify the cost, yeah. right? So when you start seeing all these things disappear, you're like, I, I can't. I'll, I just got to keep moving this until you know it's safe to put these things back in, like parades yeah. and fireworks. So, so and- it, 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 there's a lot of that happening with lots of people, mm-hmm. lots of family reunions, families finally getting together. Not necessarily a whole big, you know, 200 people family reunion, but like two or three family units yeah. getting together and going on a vacation somewhere. Uh, and a lot of that happening in campgrounds. Uh, KOA, uh, we could start here, I guess. Toby O'Rourke from KOA was talking about how something that they're seeing a lot more popular right now that they saw in 2021 and they see continuing into 2022 at their campgrounds is like two, three groups of like two, three or four families getting together and wanting mm-hmm. groups of sites uh, or wanting two sites in a cabin, you know, that sort yes. of thing. So what they're starting to do at KOAs is instead of here's the cabin section, here's the yurt section, here's the here's the pull-through section, it's all going to start coming together in a lot of their new campgrounds. Yeah, and, you know, I saw a lot of that across social media in regards to how people are now interacting. And immediately I thought of our friends over at Inspired Trek because they just shared something. And if you haven't checked these folks out, they are beautiful human beings. Go over and find them on Instagram. But they had just done something really similar where they were at a campground and they had some family members join them for Thanksgiving. Guess where the family members stayed? In the cabin, you know, and what's great about that is you can all still come together, but then everyone gets to go to their own individual spaces. So I do think that 2022, and we've actually been talking to our family about this. Hey, come find us on the road. Get a cabin at the campground we're staying at. Then we can all be together. Uh, At about this point last year, I also talked about how there were 57,000 new campsites supposed to be coming to the U.S. this year. Now, I have no idea if how, how much of that mm-hmm. actually happened. Um, but I can tell you that KOA says that they have 20 campgrounds in development. Wow. And it's an equivalent between the campgrounds in development and new sites being added to other campgrounds. They're, uh, they're bringing in about 3,500 new sites into the system. Um, and they'll all be booked. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and that's the that was the, where I was going next. <laughs> is that KOA says that you know, KOA is the biggest private campground uh, operator in the in the country, and they're all individually owned, but they're they're in associations or of a franchises of these campgrounds, and uh, they have fifty percent more reservations. They're like the number of deposits they have on books right now. Mm-hmm are 50% higher than they were December of 2020, which was already a very high point, right? So it's even higher. Now, does that mean 50% more people are going to be camping? I I don't think so. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people feel the need to make reservations more in advance right now. And that was one thing that was a very common thing in this conversation with all these these different experts is saying that 
that they're not booking their spring break vacation. They're booking their spring break vacation and their summer vacation at the same time. And their Labor Day yeah. <laughs> and their fall. And part of that is because they feel the need to, mm-hmm. but also part of it is they feel more comfortable. They feel less like those reservations are going to be canceled. Back in December of 2020, it was very unclear to a lot of people when they made a reservation for any sort of travel, what might happen with that travel. So uh, there, there's a lot more confidence in that. Even with like a new variant happening, I think people feel pretty confident that they'll be able to camp. Well, at this point, anything that pops up has been there, done that, yeah. right? Yeah. So there's not a whole lot in regards to how we're traveling post-first pandemic that is, <laughs> I know, because we're in like the third at this point. So there's not a whole lot that's changing, there. So now we understand the steps of travel. And on top of that, a lot of people are starting to take delivery of their units that maybe they ordered six, eight, nine, 10, 12 months ago. I've seen several people share in the RV Miles Facebook group, look what just arrived, look what just arrived. So now they have 2022 to actually, I know now I have it. It's in my driveway. I can now go camping. That's a good point to start talking about the RV industry a little bit itself. The projections for the number of units produced this year has now gone up to 600,000. I feel like we just talked about this like three weeks ago in the news or something where they had had dropped a number that seemed huge. And now here's this next number. I remember when we started back in 2017 or it was 2018. I can't remember when, but... What, whichever year that I was, think it was. Did they, we start this in 2017? Well, I, I yes, but I don't remember if, which year it was that they 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 did 500,000 for the first time, mm, and that was mm. a big deal. So now we're at 600,000 for this year. They project to be producing 600,000 RVs next year. And the economist that was at this RV power breakfast was saying uh, that he agrees that that is going to be totally doable and possible, even with rising gas prices. This was a very conservative a communist that was assuming that gas prices are going uh, to go way up, saying that that is not going to affect RV sales very much. And I, I agree with that. You know, there's a lot of people that keep saying these gas prices are really going to hinder RV sales. But, but I keep going back to this stat that people use these things on average 13 days a year. If you use your RV for 13 days a year or less, Gas prices are not going to no. affect because because also gas prices also increase the cost of other types of travel too. They increase the 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 cost of a road trip in a car to hotels. They increase the cost of uh, of airline flights mm-hmm. because they use fuel as well. So you got to take that into consideration as well. You know what I would love to see, and maybe it's out there. And if it is, someone you know. Leave me a comment and let me know. Um, I would love to see a survey or an average. So you say, okay, they use this 13 nights, 13 days out of a year. I would love to see of those 13 days or of the average RVer, what is the average uh, mileage between their home to the campground? Like, what are they only, you know... Is the average they're only going about 70 miles from their house? Like, I would be so curious because I think that that also plays a. I I think that stat exists, and I'll I'll look that I'll look that up um, for next week. But uh, in addition to all of that, you know, we've had all this stimulus money, um, and it's 
there has been inflation based around that and that's there's no denying that um, and and certainly RV costs have gone up more than inflation mm -hmm. Americans are sitting on that stimulus money Americans have three trillion dollars of stimulus money in their banks unspent right now and there's no doubt that some of that money when people feel a little bit more comfortable spending it if they if there is some more consumer confidence they will continue to be buying rvs and they are continuing to buy rvs now people have not stopped there's not been a slowdown at rv dealerships other than a normal seasonal slowdown i'll tell you what from what i listened to at that power breakfast <laughs> they were not very concerned over there at the no. rv industry there was no. uh the only thing they seemed to be unhappy about for the most part is the word EV that did not seem to thrill too many of them over there. That's going to be, I think, a hard pill for the RV industry to swallow and figure out. And some people were a little bit grumpy about it. But, you know, I think that, you know, and I know you're looking at me like, oh, you're just going to tell that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to tell it because they were no, grumpy about it. You know, I think that the RV industry has a lot of confidence right now and uh they some of it is is certainly earned and they have they're working their tails over there to you know push out 600,000 units uh but one of the things i liked hearing at the power breakfast if we can just talk about that for just a second was that there was a lot of acknowledgement now, whether this turns into action, that they have to do better for the consumer, for the owner, and that they have really let all of us down yeah. once that RV leaves the lot. Like yeah. they, that whole what what happens and, and we've been there. What happens when you drive that thing away is that everyone's like, bye, it's don't a, have it, to deal with you ever again. It's particularly something they call repair event cycle time. So that's the amount of time it takes between when you need a repair and when a repair happens. Right. And that so number has gone up after, dramatically. Two weeks after purchase. So, and then there are some things that they have already started doing to work that out. But one of the most interesting things that I heard from this was, uh, I believe it was um, uh, the CEO of Winnebago was talking about talking to a dealer who said, uh, with every new RV, we give mm -hmm. out a shakedown kit, mm -hmm. which is like duct tape and staples. <laughs> and staples and things that you might need to fix your rv and that and and that was sort of like the a light bulb horrifying moment saying, so a little yes, horrifying a little to horrifying uh, one uh, one thing i i heard them say that forest river is doing uh forest river has all sorts of different um part numbers for all their rvs mm -hmm. they're all different divisions that have different part part numbers and those part numbers are different than the part numbers of the manufacturers that make those parts right because rvs are assembled from a variety of parts that usually come from elsewhere so forest river is cutting all of that out and using uh the manufacturer the original manufacturer part numbers which should help dealers then order you a new part instead of looking at a part and saying oh it's got like four different numbers on it and then going and check it against the the forest river number and trying to figure out from forest river what the original 
part number is they that should help streamline that. You know, another thing I liked because I I was kind of being a little poo pooey about um, their reaction to electric vehicles, and but I will give it to Thor Industries on that one because when they got up and they were speaking on that and they were talking about how they're so far ahead in Europe on this, like so far ahead of us. And so when they purchased Erwin Heimer Group, Erwin Heimer had already just was already so far ahead of where Thor was in this game. And so they've really been able to learn from them and really gather their knowledge about what we need to do for electric vehicles and how that's going to shape this industry. And I thought that that was really cool because they are aggressively pursuing that over at Thor. I now what that means in regards to how class A's in, you know, and towables and class B's and all that, who knows? Well, you but- know, the, the reality is that we're not ready for electric motorhomes yet. No. The the electric vehicle industry is is not there. Battery power is not there yet. They have come out with now electric vans, right? Yeah. Like that could be you know, electric Sprinter van, electric Ford Transit that could be turned into a motorhome. But the problem is the range of those things is like 80 miles because they're meant for like Amazon to deliver around your neighborhood. Right. With, right. They're not meant for you to drive but from in, like the East Coast to the West. But coast. in 10 years, you know, it's going to be a different story. OK, so that's kind of my point is that we have to have these conversations now in yeah. 2021 because we can't have 2031 show up. Yeah. And not not even know how to make this work. Like, we have to start having these conversations now. They're not going to show up, but that's the whole point. Like, that's the whole point of innovation. That's the whole point of progress. We will continue to move forward. And it's very, very important that everybody in the RV industry understand and get on board. Otherwise, they are going to get left behind. And then they're going to frantically try to catch up. And then they're going to put something out that's crap. Yeah. Like that's that's just how this is going to happen. Pardon my French. Well, that was something that that Toby O'Rourke at KOA was really talking about, and I've talked about this before in our n- recent news video that they're going to start installing electric charging stations mm-hmm. at KOAs, and they're sort of reacting to the market trend instead of some some campground owners who might be thinking, "Ah, I'm going to charge yeah. you lots of money if you have an electric yeah. vehicle," and you know being. Uh, being reactionary instead of proactive. Mm. Uh, KOA was also talking about the importance of Wi-Fi in that it is no lo- it is it is so important to travelers right now, uh, especially with the increase of in the ability to work from home and the amount of people that are now schooling yeah. from home and those who d- elected to yeah. not send their kids back to school. It is now they KOA says this is now uh, it, is, it is no longer something that we consider we can consider an amenity. It is something that we need to consider an, a utility. It's the mm-hmm. same thing as as having sewer at a campsite, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're going to be investing a lot of money into. Uh, upping the Wi-Fi quality at KOAs. Now, they also talked about how difficult and expensive that is. It is. I know it sounds easy. We all have Wi-Fi in our homes and stuff. But we and, don't all have Wi-Fi in our homes, which is amazing to me still. The, well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but, there is still a disparity between... But we understand, between... we understand how that works, though. Yes. And, and that it seems easy enough to call the cable company and then they come come do it. And, 
and it seems like hotels have been able to somewhat manage this as well. But campgrounds have a lot more challenges thrown in there because the sites are much further apart. They're, you know, Wi-Fi is a line of sight thing. Well, they're often um, in rural areas, yeah. which we are historically known for, you know, yeah. not having the Wi-Fi that they, they need for those communities. They could put the best system possible into a campground. And then what they're still stuck with whatever provider yeah, is awful. able to provide them something. So they're actually really counting on some innovation in satellite internet like mm -hmm. Starlink to really help. Uh, even if you don't go around with Starlink with you, your campground might be running off of Starlink. That might be an option for some of these rural campgrounds as well. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, a couple other things that I found really interesting. Well, since we're talking about Wi-Fi, let's talk about people that are, are working from home okay. um, and, and, and the flexibility that they have now, it has become, uh, and it, it's, <laughs> if you're somebody that works a full-time job uh, for a company and have a boss that can get a hold of you wherever you are, it's up for some people that's really annoying. Yeah. Um, but for, for some people, it has now become a thing that allows them to extend their vacations. Mm -hmm. So it's not that they plan on going on vacation and working the whole time. It's that before they were going to go on a weekend vacation, maybe take Friday off. And now they can do a seven day vacation and just work, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit each night for a few of those days. So what we're seeing is the extension of the amount of time that people are camping happening and uh or or traveling however not just camping right we're seeing we're seeing longer bookings and uh and we're seeing more weekday bookings uh the uh, Alyssa at hip camp was talking about this how uh how amazing it was to see last year how many like just tuesday and wednesday bookings mm -hmm. there were uh, because people have a lot more flexibility to do that now they're you know going to visit yellowstone on a tuesday right instead of instead of going on a weekend and it's yeah, a big I mean, deal this has been our life now for five mm. almost six years this you know mm. kind of building the schedule and moving from place to place and taking work with us and it used to be that you know friday saturday sundays were the hard days to get and then you'd know that the campground was going to empty out on sunday and then you know you'd have yeah. this quiet spell until thursday and that's just not how it is anymore there are more um, who are working as as we work and being able to do that for longer periods. And it's fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating to see what has happened in under two years to this lifestyle. And then also just from a business perspective, as one who had worked from the road and some of the challenges we had had trying to work from the road, how those challenges are starting to smooth themselves out now that it's become, you know, mainstream i guess yeah. is the best way to say it yeah and and it, it's and it's not just weekdays either it's also more off-season stuff mm -hmm. like the ability for people to go wherever all year and some places are better seen off-season like any sort of like any leaf peeping any leaf peeping that you enjoy you know that's you know that's, i love my leaf peeping that's out of the main travel season there are many many national parks that are better in the spring or the fall right well, i mean we're here in the yeah. quad cities and this you know campground is open year round and the sites that you know we're in a seasonal monthly so you know we have water sewer and all that but the you know the the nightly rates they don't have water 
at their yeah. site anymore. And they're they're still booked down there. Well, the the fall was one thing that that Toby at KOA said was really surprising from 2021. She expected, and, and the folks at KOA expected, that this fall would be about the same as fall of 2020. It was an explosion. Yeah. They did a, they had a fantastic fall of 2021. It's not, it's not a bad now, time to be Toby over at KOA, is it? <laughs> they do expect, though, that, that the off-season stuff next year will come down a bit because kids are back in school. Yeah, I I suspect and I would agree with them too that more are going to that by this time next year things are going to look even more like 2019 than 2020. Yeah. But let's remember also that 2019 was KOA's biggest year ever. This, right? Well, Pre-pandemic. Oh, what, what do you want me to do? You want me to go back 2014, 2013? Yeah. I don't know how far I have to go back at this point. Uh, things like having festivals back is going to be a big deal, especially for the RV mm-hmm. rental businesses. Um, I asked them ab- about customer interaction and whether that's that's changing, that stuff sticking around like con- contactless check-in and mm-hmm. um, that sort of stuff. Because I think one of the things that's happening is there, there, there are more options for that that are great. But also, there's still a need for a lot of people to be like, I need to talk to somebody about this campsite and know, like, am I going to fit into it? Oh, like, for that's, sure. That sort of stuff. I and, love it on the back end once yeah. I've booked. I, what I think is weird, and I'll be curious to see what they said, but what I think is weird when you have all of these uh, pre-check-in and they have you do all this check-in and all of this stuff online and you get all these emails and we've had to do all this recently, and then they still want you to come inside. When you get there. And I'm like, I don't get it. uh, You you know, for RV share, um, the the customer contact is an important thing because Mm -hmm. they got to, you know, they show them the the unit and stuff like that. But he, John Gray was saying that it has become more important than ever to, for all of these different providers to provide all the possible information that you might need in Mm -hmm. advance. Um, and then still have opportunities for you to talk to people without having to pick up the phone and wait for a busy signal, which is still a thing. There's busy signals at campgrounds and one person answering the phone and then they're on the phone for 45 minutes with somebody while 14 other people are trying to call in, right? That's that's what happened at that campground in Florida <laughs> that I just talked to like three weeks ago. And then they still, uh, once I did get a hold of them, it was like trying to, there were 15 phones ringing in the background the whole time and people in and out. It was so loud and our reservation ended up being under Jason Pepperson. <laughs> I was like, I might leave that. But there are, there are things that they can do to allow us to have more options, more modern things that they can do, like having a, a chat screen on their website um, or having text options is um, it a real person on the chat well, screen? Well, if it is a real I, person. that's the It's never someone who, <laughs> I, never has anyone on a chat screen actually <laughs> answered my question, ever. But if they have, if they if they play around with some more of that technology, um, they, they have more options for providing answers to questions, even email. I mean, how often have we had to like send an email to a campground and wait two days for a response? And by then we, we, five minutes later, we booked another campground. I feel like the two day response is actually good. I mean, that to me is a good response. But having more people that are instantly replying to emails and dealing with that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff, we're going to see a little bit of that become more of a norm next year and beyond. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be the back half of 2022 before <laughs> we start to see. There well, are going to be people, Jason, that are going to go kicking and screaming, well, the, the, or they're just going to sell. Because like, the I mean, flip this side is, of that is, is they're so busy. Yes. Then they're so booked that none of that matters to them. They yes. don't have to they care don't. about customer service because no. they don't. They've they, they've got enough people. This is some of the problem we're facing too with campgrounds is they feel like they don't have to do a dang thing because yeah. they're just staying booked. But their competitors are, and when right. we've talked to like some of these, some of the new money going into campgrounds, which there is making been... them more expensive. Let's be honest, campgrounds are going to be more expensive next year. But some of the new money going into campgrounds is some very sophisticated people in the hospitality industry, uh, like our friends at Verde Ranch RV yep, Resort. And I'm here for it. I, I know because I do believe that it's there's going to become, there always has been actually, the difference between the private and the public campground. That's always been there. And my hope is, is that the the federal and the state and the county and the city parks will continue to be affordable options that are not going to have the Wi-Fi that we all need, not going to have that pool you want for the kids who ain't going to be able to go into the gym and do your yoga, like none of that stuff. No food trucks are showing up at the state park, right? Okay, so you can go there. Or these private campgrounds get better and charge so that when you go to the private campground, you have all those amenities and you don't get ticked because you just paid like in Oklahoma City when we paid for a private campground and we paid private campground rates and we rolled up into that place. And I was like, this looks like I'm dropping my RV off to have some work done. This was, looks like I'm at a repair shop. Yeah, it was a gravel parking lot behind a gas station. Right. And it was packed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, that's that's the problem. And it was this. It was the same rate we paid in in Verde Ranch for yep. for a, a pool and a clubhouse and excellent Wi Fi and all that. And sort their Wi Fi was all like under new. You know, I look. I got to stop getting sucked into this under new management thing. Like, <laughs> Biting me in the butt. But you know, I there's these private campgrounds. There, you're right. They're not gonna. You know, they're gonna have to go. They're gonna have to move. Because there's just too many in the hospitality industry that are like, hold up. This so is where the money's at. let's sum up here. Um, it, camping is going to be busier next year. No doubt about it. Um, RVs are still going to be hot. People are still going to be buying them. Sorry, there's not some massive sell-off happening yet. If it does... Um, we'll it, let you know. Inventories are getting better. It's, it's easier to buy an RV than it was six months ago. But it's still hard. Um, and it's still expensive. Uh, I mean, I just, every time you say something, I'm just throwing my hands up over here because, so, I mean, it is what it is. But what are it, you going to do? So, so let's talk about what you're going to do. Uh, you're going to make more reservations. Are we? Uh, we got to, right? Um, you're going to be you more, going to be more flexible. I did. I booked a month of reservations <laughs> the other day because I was like, we got, we got to get on this. Well, we're, it's yeah. Florida can I in January. First off, can I tell this story? Because we're sitting over at your parents' house and... You were, I love when you do this because I always know when you're kind of like stuck on a project you're supposed to be working on and you're just kind of like avoiding it and you don't want to do it because you're stuck on it. You know, we all are there. The next thing I know, you're like, what's the state for this? What's the state for this? Do you know what the date is for this? And I'm like, 
I'm sitting here trying to watch this football game. What are we doing all of a sudden? And the next thing I know, you are, do you like everything on the Google Calendar? Where do you want me to put these reservations? And I was like, oh, so we're doing this now, huh? We're booking reservations. It's Florida in January. And I was like, listen, all I need you to find is is three weeks. I've already taken care of the majority of it. Wait a minute. What? All you need me to find is three weeks. Yeah, find three you've weeks. taken care of the majority of it. What yeah. is the majority of that you've taken care all of? All of January. Thank you. All of March. I booked Disney World. OMG, we're, that was two years ago. It doesn't count. We're boondocking at the Tampa RV yeah, show. Yeah, which I handled. <laughs> okay, took care of it. <laughs> you handled. We're I just handled showing it. up. <laughs> but I told you the dates we need to be there. And I told you how much it is. Uh, we are visiting some friends we have not seen in a very long time, which I'm thrilled about. And prior to their arrival, we're, we're traveling. Yeah. We're going to spend a little bit of time in Georgia so we can scratch it off the map. Meanwhile, I handled spring break around Tennessee, around Pigeon Forge and no, Gallenberg no, area. No, that's, that's not spring break anymore, Jay. That's end of April is not spring break. It's not spring break. <sighs> Okay. Anyway, I'm just saying you. And now you're telling. Look, you're not even dealing with Florida. You were dealing with Tennessee. You're right. I forgot. I, I forgot what I was dealing. Yeah, exactly. I, no, I was trying exactly. to deal with Florida. I was trying to deal with the campground in Florida <laughs> that you kept talking about us going to. And I was like, uh, they've got 12 sites and none are available. So well, I was told someone yeah. had just released uh, one. Oh. So what do you want from me? I was doing the best I could. So we have three weeks in Florida. We need to figure out still in February. <laughs> That's all. No big deal. We'll just. Drive up to Georgia and then turn around and come back. Maybe. All right. Uh, so, so booking more, being more flexible. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is something people people often talk to us about because it's it's hard for them to find the places they want. Stress and, inducing. And, and we our travels are are often based on just what's available. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, there's something open at Zion. Let's go there. I know. I mean, we gave up yeah. the keys because it just it felt too, it felt like too much. It was too much work. It started to feel very stressful. And I said, well, okay, we, you know, this isn't going to happen in 2022. So often we'll pick destinations based on availability. Yeah. Uh, But then also for next year, uh, really, uh, if you haven't done it yet, figure out, figure out boondocking at least a little bit uh, and, Mm -hmm. and figure out systems like hip camp for camping on private land. Uh, some of these hip camp options now they like they they give you dinner some there's all kinds of crazy upgrades at some of these awesome hip camp locations where like you I know the, like dinner. you check in at a farm and they give you like uh, a basket of eggs and produce and stuff like that i mean fantastic stuff yeah i mean so this is you know again like so hip camp and then you know if you're not one of the bajillion people that already has one get a harvest hosts membership this is a great time to do it because they've got 20% off going on right now. Boondockers, welcome. A lot of people have used Harvest Hosts but have not taken the step into Boondockers, welcome. Because mm-hmm. they maybe are a little bit less uncomfortable with a, a person's private land instead a of a le- business. Yeah. They're yeah. a little, a little less, more. They're a little, little more, more uncomfortable with a person's private land yeah. than a business. But I could tell you Boondockers, welcome is awesome. Boondockers, welcome is so it's good. Really, really great option. Yeah. We really like it. Um, And so- you know, I will um, I will link to all of these ways. Like we have um, a video and an article on boondocking and just the basics of boondocking. It does not have to be, you do not have to trick yourself out in order to do it. 
I will link to Harvest Hosts and Boondockers Welcome and to Hip Camp and all of this that we talked about to the article on the survey. And then, you know, another thing too, and then we got to move on from this uh, before this turns into a two-hour podcast, <laughs> is you've also got to be more flexible if you are really wanting to do national parks you have to be flexible in the fact that maybe you need to, uh, this, you know, 2022 won't be the year of, you know, the Yellowstone or the Yosemite. It, it still possibly could be, but um, you might want to look into parks that give you that big park feel without being that top 10. And we actually have a video for that of eight parks that we think will give you that big park feel without the big park crowds. So I'll put that at rvmiles.com slash 220 as well. I wish I was like writing all this down of all these things I'm going to do because I always forget them. And then someone's like, oh, do you, you didn't do that. And I'm like, oh, oh here it is. sorry. Oops. <laughs> um, so I will try to listen I, to I this. Will, yes, let's do that. When you edit. When I when edit, you edit, I can write it down. Yeah, when you edit. Because, you know, well, I never go back and listen. Yeah. episodes, we figured that out. I okay. never go back and listen to these things. So you edit because I don't want to go back and listen to myself. All right. Let's take a break. Yeah, because we still have a fresh tank black tank to yeah. get to. We'll be All right. right back. Be right back. Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV and the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector made by Hughes Autoformers beats the competition with field replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. The Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small affordable part you can replace yourself. They'll even give you a free surge module in the first two years and now have a limited lifetime warranty. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoformers.com. That's code RVMILES for 10% off at HughesAutoformers.com. Fall is around the corner, so it's time to start thinking about prepping for the winter off-season. Whether you own a motorhome, a travel trailer, or a truck camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to help protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. EmpireCovers.com offers high-quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect. Every cover comes with a free multi-year warranty to guarantee that it remains durable over time. If you're not in need of a full cover, Empire has just launched a line of RV rooftop covers that keep the roof of your RV clean and protect it from UV rays. Listeners can receive free shipping and 60% off the original price of their cover order. Visit empirecovers.com slash RVMILES or use promo code MILES60 at checkout. Empirecovers.com protect what you love all right we are back and it is time to check the level of our tanks jason what is in your black tank this week uh my black tank is that my new computer has arrived yes where is it but it is in kansas city yeah so are you gonna black tank the actual computer or do you think maybe you need to black tank the person that ordered that and put the shipping address into that black tanking the idea that i can't go get it Okay. This is it's nobody's I, fault. This is like the little. So I always gotta I'm find a my, fault in something. My it's little just, violin. It's there. I know. And I can't use it. It's Jason. It's sitting there. It's new and shiny. I bet my mom's on it. She's probably she's probably already installed Pinterest on it for you. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's saving all those charcuterie boards for you. All right. That's it. That's, That's all you. It. That's wow. It. Wow. That's wow. That is the shortest black tank ever. One. All right. What is in your fresh tank? Uh, my fresh tank. The, the, here is a sign of of <laughs> the mainstreamification 
Is that a word? Mainstreamification. Yeah, be uh, real careful how you say that, that of word. Of the RV industry. Um, actor and... Entrepreneur. And under, musician. <laughs> Musicians are pushing it a little. Uh, dancer extraordinaire. Mark oh. Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg <laughs> has opened an Ohio Airstream dealership. Mm-hmm. He uh, actually is this... He owns several, not necessarily Airstreams. But he owns a few dealerships in the Ohio this area. This dude owns, like, he's got Wahlburgers. <laughs> he's got a, a fitness club chain. He's got a, uh, he, a he's got a, a, a nutrition company, a, brother a supplement is, company. He is splashed all over Hy-Vee every time I walk into <laughs> Hy-Vee. Like, there's just Mark Wahlberg everywhere. And that commercial with him, the Hy-Vee commercial that was running around the holidays. Clearly green screen. Where he was clearly yeah. standing in front of a green screen. And I was like, now I understand why you are making so many outside of Hollywood investments <laughs> because you are awful at standing in front of a green screen. Uh, yeah. So he you know, owns he owns four dealerships uh, in uh, the Columbus, Ohio area, including two Chevy dealerships, uh, a Buick GMC dealership, and this Airstream and RV dealership now. I mean, does he even have anything to put on his Airstream lot? <laughs> like, that's, like, what's he selling there? I, he's just taking pre-orders. You know, he's just kind of taking a page out of Musk's yeah. book. Uh, he's come a long way from Marky Mark and, and the, the Funky, funky bunch. bunch. What's in your black tank this week? Uh, so my black tank goes to all of you who hate watched Annie Live last night. I saw you. I saw you all. Hate oh, watching it was that. so great. It's about to be my fresh tank. Uh, I saw you all. Okay. Let's not hate watch things that have not been able to come back for a while. Like, let's definitely not hate watch yeah. theater. But what I, so, you know, maybe like, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe even a decade ago, I totally probably would have done something very similar uh, with all the theater people out there in the the Twitter and Facebook world. Um, but, you know, like last night I was watching it and I thought, um, yeah, I've got some issues with it. There's some things I wasn't super crazy about, but I also looked over and I'll move in because this is my black tank for those of you who are hate watching it. And I'll move into my fresh tank, which is the musical Annie Live that we watched last night. NBC. NBC. You can rewatch it on Peacock. Yeah. And they're re-airing it on December 20th, I believe. Yes. And if you didn't get to see it and you don't have Peacock, watch it on December 20th. You know, Harry Connick Jr. Um, was a delight. He's not, you know, the world's best actor. But, you know, you forgive everything when he sits down to the piano and he starts singing. Um, so we're watching it. And I'm seeing, you know, I'm kind of scrolling through Facebook at the same time because I kind of just want to see what the community is saying about it. And I'm seeing some of you that you know, are really just, you're digging into it and it's, it's 10 minutes in. you're digging into the little, like, I don't like digging into kids. I don't like when we get on children for their work. Okay. This girl was great and better than anything I could stand up there and do. Um, but I look over and I've got, you know, two out of three of my kids that joined us. Um, and they are enthralled. and they loved it. And I decided I'm not gonna, I'll reserve my, what I would like to believe are professional uh, thoughts on the well, production for when I'm not, it, when I'm with you. It's you easy know? to jump on the, on the negativity uh, train. And I find myself there often. Yeah. And it it's so much more rewarding to think positively about stuff like that. And you look at a show like that and it's, 
you can't think of it like uh, I've seen a Broadway show before and this right. is nothing like it. Well, that Broadway show had like it had out of town tryouts and it had yeah. 24 previews and then an opening night. And we this talked, was one performance. One. Right. And that's actually what we talked to Ethan a lot about because he was really harping. Our 11 year old was really harping on uh, the number of times that you, you know, one camera shot caught another camera as it was moving out of the shot or whatever. He was he was kind of harping on that a little bit. And. You made such a good observation about things like this, and this can apply to lots of other things too, not just, you know, a live performance like what we saw, but they were basically doing their first preview, which is a preview uh, is when you have shows that you do in front of a live audience before your official opening of a show. It's your first audience. It's your first audience. It's a way to get the kinks out of everything and to see how a show runs in front of an audience. And, And everyone who attends a preview knows that there's a potential for things to change in that preview You that you have an option to change so Sometimes things. they'll stop and start over. Right. <laughs> These all happen in previews. So you're essentially last night watching a first preview along with an opening night and a closing night, like all at yeah. once. So yeah. all these different pieces are happening on top of the fact that they're doing a musical theater. It's staged like musical theater, like a live performance with cameras everywhere. Yeah. You know, in between uh, run choreography right. of, around and moving in between the scenes. So and all that. I think we forget about things like that. Um, and again, this can apply to all different kinds of things. When you sit down to watch something and, and you find yourself getting into a negative headspace and you're being, you know, you're hate watching something. Just think about all the components that had to go into making that happen. Now, there are some things out there. <laughs> trust me. There are some things out there that are well-deserved. This was not one of them well, last night. You know, I, I, there were not things I was thrilled with, but uh, man, it was so good to see like legit choreography and real dancers and real. The chorus was so good. And I do wish that the vocal power of the chorus had made its way into some of the leads uh, vocal power. Look, when we, when we armchair quarterback, um, oh, like a football game. Uh, it's this is something I try to instill in my students a lot when I back when I was teaching is that the people we criticize on TV or on stage or wherever, um, you know, the, the musician that we don't think is particularly that good, whatever it might be, ninety five percent of the time they are way smarter. And and better at their job than we ever think they are. That uh, that goes for politicians. It goes it goes across the board. You could you could apply this because we get a lot of heat for um, how positive sometimes we are about um, those in the RV industry, and I'm talking about those at the ground level who are who are building what you see around us right now and what you travel. And we get a lot of heat from people for that because we tend to take on that philosophy. Now we are going to criticize when criticize when criticism is due for sure. I'm never going to sugarcoat it. But the thing is, is when you're negative all the time, people stop listening. Well, we watch all these judging shows now. Right. And I think people, I think there's this sense that we, we need to like, sometimes criticism just isn't due, even if something isn't the greatest, like we, but we watch things like uh, American Idol and dancing with the stars and all these cooking competitions where we're like watching these people being judged constantly. And we're, 
society is becoming a little bit more judgmental, yeah. I think, because of that. I was all here for that cooking show that's supposed to be starting where they're like cooking in different levels, like first floor, second floor, third floor. I was totally into that preview for it. And I thought this looks like a lot of fun until the very last second when one of the team judges or something was like, this is a top level cooking. And then threw somebody's food off of the third floor because it didn't meet her standards. And I was like, and I'm out. You know, okay. So like, this, the, I, this uh, I don't think I've said this on the podcast before, but this is one of my favorite things ever is that, uh, you know, the show Chopped, I, I think most oh people God, know. We've this, probably watched every episode. Most people know the show Chopped pretty, pretty well where you've got four cooks uh-huh. for chefs and somebody each, each round somebody gets chopped and instead of giving them uh positive feedback to the people that stay on they tell the the person who's chopped why you're chopped like your stuff is bad <laughs> you're gone right so the pilot episode which you cannot find anywhere but it was filmed there was a pilot episode for for chopped in 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 which there was the the host, you know, the Ted Allen is mm-hmm. now the host of Chopped, but the original host of Chopped was a butler type person, Stop right? It. And he had a little dog. Stop like, it. I don't know what the dog was, but it was like a little chihuahua or something, right? Uh-huh. On the pilot episode of Chopped, I'm, you can look this up. I'm not making this up at all. On the pilot episode of Chopped, the original idea for that show was uh-huh. every time somebody got chopped, their dish was served to the dog. No. Yes. That's so... <laughs> so. And they thought that was a little too much. Well, we're so, going to reel it back in so a little bit. And so mean to the it. dog. Yeah. And it's so mean to the person. But look, all of us have watched, wow. you know, we watched Randy Jackson telling people <laughs> yeah, whether dog. they can sing or not. And we think that we are now qualified to like to talk about people's performance in so. in critical ways there you have it uh catch annie live december 20th uh remember when we said we weren't going to make this a long podcast uh so thank you for sticking with us for this three hour now that it's on the, yeah, a separate youtube channel it can yeah. be a little bit longer well, again yeah now you're not so stressed out with me looking at me like oh roller, wrap it up lady uh so anyway that's the show for this week uh unless you've got something you need to add no, Mr. I'm good. I'm okay good. you good okay here. we can go ahead and end here then so I'm going to do that little outro roll now, which is to say thank you so much for sticking with us today, for watching the show. If you have not headed over to Apple Podcast and left RV Miles a five-star review, we would be so thankful if you would go over and do that, especially as we get ready to roll into the new camping season. That's going to help put RV Miles in front of this new generation of RVers that is going to be showing up in 2022. If you would like to chat with Jason and I, you can find us over in the RV Miles Facebook group with 11 thousand of the nicest RVers you will ever meet. And of course, RV Miles is all across social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And occasionally we are on TikTok. If you're headed to Amazon, we would love to go with you. Just start at amazon.com slash shop slash RV Miles. And until next week, keep logging those RV Miles. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.